Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. morning. This is your wake-up call. Wake-up call 009. Your story matters. Hey, I want to share from Mark chapter 5. This is probably one of my most favorite uh, encounters that someone has with Jesus. Of course, the Gospels telling us and teaching us of the life of Christ when He was walking on the earth as a man, fulfilling His ministry, doing what He was called to do, which eventually led up to the cross and providing salvation for us. But in Mark chapter 5, the first 20 verses or so, well, actually, exactly the first 20 verses, Jesus encounters this demon-possessed man. And this story is a story of redemption. It's a story of salvation. It's a story of transformation. And I want to bring a few points out to this to give you something to think about today about how important your testimony is. As a Christian, as a believer, your story matters. How you have been saved and transformed and how you came from darkness into marvelous light, as the Bible tells us in 1 Peter. How you are a new creation in Christ Jesus and what you were freed from and the life you live now in Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that matters. People need to know your testimony. People need to hear your story of how Jesus has changed your life. And, and, and we're going to get to it in just a moment, but that will, your testimony, your story, along with the truth of God's Word, will be the leading changing factor to other people being saved, other people hearing the truth of the gospel and their lives being changed. So Mark chapter 5, verse 1, it starts here. It says, Then they came to the other side of the sea. They're passing across the, the sea here to this country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, Jesus, immediately there met him, Jesus, a man out of the tomb. So they're crossing over the sea. They come up to this shore of the Gadarenes and where on the outskirts of this, civil, of this town, Decapolis, this large metropolitan area, Decapolis meaning ten, so we, we believe that it had you know ten cities that were kind of combined. But on the outskirts of that city, they had the cemetery. And this is where Jesus is coming up at. And when he gets there, a man meets him who lives among these tombs, these cemeteries, where, where the dead people are buried. There's a man living there. And it says he was filled with an unclean spirit. Verse 3, who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Verse 4, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken pieces and neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. So here we have this man who's possessed by devil, devils. He's possessed by demon spirits. Satan has a hold of his life. 
He, he's possessed, and, and the society, the people, the, the cities around him, he's a nuisance to them, but not that. He's a, he's a terror to them, and they've tried to bind him up and chain him up, but he has this demonic strength that breaks through it. This guy, I mean, you don't want to mess with this guy, not a natural strength. He's possessed, and, and he lives among the dead, and he's screaming and crying out, cutting himself with stones. He is tormented, and he's bound up by the power of Satan. And he meets Jesus. And in fact, notice this, verse 6. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. So here's the truth of it. Everyone is looking for Jesus, whether they realize it or not. People who are dead in sin in the world right now, people that maybe they're people in your family, people that you're friends with, people you work with, there are people even that they don't believe on Jesus. They're, they're dead in sin. And if they don't receive salvation, they'll receive the, the paycheck of sin, of the work of sin, which is death, eternal death in a place called hell. And hell was never meant for man. Heaven is where God desires all to come to. But if they don't believe on Jesus, heaven will not be their home. It will not be their inheritance. But whether they realize it or not, they're searching for Christ because Christ is who brings freedom. And here this man, we can see this. He's bound up by Satan. He's bound up by demonic power. And when he sees Jesus, what does he do? He runs to Jesus and he begins to worship him. Verse 7, it says, He cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. So these devil spirits inside of them begin to <laughs> yell out for mercy already because they know Christ. These demonic spirits, they realize, they can see the authority that Christ is carrying. Now notice what Jesus does. He doesn't play around with it. He doesn't try to send them to therapy or counseling sessions. What does Jesus do in verse 8? For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Jesus just said, all right, we're going to end this. No longer is this man going to be tormented by Satan. Come out of him. And Jesus asked him, what's his name? And, and you know, if you continue to read, you'll see that this demonic presence and spirits, these spirits, really plural, are living in this man, this demoniac of the gatherings, this demon-possessed man. And these spirits say, we're legion. In other words, there's many of us. In fact, some you know, scholars, they say, it depends what source you read, but anywhere from 2,000 to 6,000 soldiers were in a Roman legion. So imagine that. This man didn't just have one or two devils. Thousands of spirit, demonic spirits, wicked spirits have possessed this man and they're tormenting him. And they have him bound up. And, and the, you know, they go through it. If you read through it, these devils, they don't want to just leave. They're like, hey, there's this whole slew of pigs over here. Can we go in these pigs? It's, it's a very interesting story. And Jesus gave them permission. And they leave this man and go to those pigs and the pigs run off and <laughs> they, they kill themselves because they'd rather not live than uh, they'd rather not even live than have those devils possessing them because Satan is a tormentor. Satan is a thief and a robber, and he hurts and he kills and he torments. But notice this, verse 15. When they came to Jesus, so these people that own the pigs, they, you know, all their livestock are destroyed. They run back to town. They tell everyone, hey, you remember that guy that was demon-possessed that we couldn't control? Well, there's another guy that just showed up, and he has more authority and spiritual power than that guy. Uh, something, we're going to have to do something about this. The, the town around him, uh, around the, the, of this demoniac man, they all come back out. Okay, 
So you're telling me this man that we try to bind up with chains and he broke through them, there's someone that's greater than him? What are we going to do now? Notice this, but the story changes for the good. Mark 5 verse 15, Then they came to Jesus and they saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind and they were afraid. They realized Jesus had more authority than this demoniac possessed man, this demon-possessed man. Whatever spirit, I'm sure, you know, they, they don't have a revelation of God's Word. They just know this man can't be stopped, and he has uncontrollable strength. He breaks through chains. He's screaming. He's howling. He's cutting himself. He's a terror. And now there's another guy who's stronger than him. Whoa, we can't deal with this. We've already been terrorized by this one guy. Now there's someone stronger. But notice this. They, they didn't understand, but when Jesus set this man free, before he had no dignity, he was tormented. But when he encountered Jesus, he was sitting, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. You know, Jesus, when he saved you, when he saved me, when we believe on Christ, and He brings salvation into our life, He makes everything right. He's, we're, you know, he's sitting clothed in His right mind. He brings us to a place of perfection, of peace, of joy, of, uh, of sound mind. You know, you think about that. That's a verse that many people have quoted over the past several years concerning fear and different things. The, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and notice that, a sound mind. And when you encounter Jesus, the things that Satan used to do to torment can no longer torment you. You become free. When you're saved, you get set free from the things that used to torment you. Through the things that used to control you, they no longer have any control over you. This man was demon-possessed and controlled by these devil, demonic spirits, but no longer. He's sitting, he's clothed, and he's in his right mind. Now these people, they, they, they can't understand it. Verse 16, those who saw it told them how it happened, who had been demon-possessed about the swine, and then they began to plead with Jesus to depart. Just leave. Look, you're stronger than the guy that was given all this trouble. Just please go. We can't take any more of this. Just please leave. And verse 18, and when Jesus got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed, this man who was demon-possessed but now free, begged Jesus that he might be with him. Notice what Jesus says to them in verse 19. This is what Jesus says to that man. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has, compa has had compassion on you. And verse 20, He departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. So this demon-possessed man, he's set free. He's sitting there listening, talking to Jesus. He's clothed. He's in his right mind. And then these people, they come out. They don't understand it. They're just afraid. They're very afraid. They say, Jesus, please... Well, you know, they don't even know who Jesus is at this point. He hasn't even got a chance to tell them who he is and bring the good news that he is the Savior of the world. And he's come to set men free. Even though they saw this man set free, they didn't understand it. So they just say, please just leave. And this man, I mean, I'm, you would do the same, I'm sure. I know I would. I want to go with Jesus. I just got set free. I just, I just met my Savior. I just met the man who brought me freedom. I want to go with you. But Jesus says, no. 
you can't go with me, not yet. You need to go home and tell your friends what God's done for you. I want to read that again. Go home to your friends, tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how He has had compassion on you. How He has had compassion. Tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. You know, in Mark chapter 7, verse 31, just two chapters over, here's where it gets really interesting. Mark chapter 7, verse 31. And again departing the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Verse 32. Then they brought to Jesus one who was deaf and had impotent in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him, and he took him aside from the multitude. When Jesus comes back to Decapolis, he comes back to this collection of cities where this once demon-possessed, now saved man, and actually one of the first missionaries, you could say, one of the first evangelists to the Gentiles, because these were Gentile folk and mixed people in Samaria, some Jews, some not. He goes, he goes home and he tells his friends, Hey, this is what God's done for me. You remember me? Sorry about you know the whole screaming and yelling and breaking chains and living in the cemetery and being super spooky. My bad. It wasn't me. It was the devils in me. But now I'm free. I'm now set free. And the one who set me free is Jesus. And he tells so many people. He, he obviously witnesses to so many people. And so many people, as it said, they hear, what he, they hear his story of how he encountered Jesus, and they marvel at what God did for him. So much so that when Jesus comes back to that area, there's a multitude waiting on him. And that's what I want you to understand. You have a testimony, your testimony, your story, your life in Christ, who you were and who you are now is important. And people need to know your testimony. Anytime you have an opportunity to share about what God has done in your life, you should. You must. You need to tell people about how Jesus has changed you and set you free. I want, this last part I want you to hear. Psalm 66, 16. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will declare what He has done for my soul. David right there, the psalmist, is saying, hey, come and listen. I want, to tell, I want to tell you about what God has done for me. And I want to encourage you. Be bold. Pray to God. Lord, give me your boldness so that in any situation, in every situation, where I have an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus, give me boldness that I'll say the right words at the right time to the right people. In fact, I want to encourage you I want, to, I want to give you a charge. I, I, want, I want you to take this very seriously. Between now and the rest of this week, pray to God every day during your time of prayer. Ask the Lord. Locate someone. Maybe it's a couple people at your, where you go to school, on the job, family members. Begin to pray for them. You know, you know they need to hear Jesus. They're not saved. You, you don't judge anyone, but you can see by the fruit of their life, they're just not living for God. Pray for them and then ask God, Lord, give me an opportunity. I want to tell them about you 
and I want to tell them how you have changed my life. And you begin to leverage those, those relationships that you've built up trust with these people. And they're going to hear you. They know you. They know you. They know you more than they may know some preacher or someone on the TV or on some guy on Facebook talking about Jesus. They know you. And use those relationships to the glory of God to win people to Christ. Just like Jesus told this man, go home and tell your friends what God has done for you and how He's had compassion on you. Hey, I hope that encouraged you. And I really do. I'm, I take it as a serious business. As a Christian, you and I are called to be soul winners. And I'm asking you to do that for the kingdom, for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of people being saved and brought into the kingdom. Go forth boldly. Tell someone about Jesus. Go and tell your friends about what God's done for you. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me. Remember, every Monday you got a brand new wake-up call, and every Thursday you have a longer, I, I release a longer teaching episode. This coming Thursday is going to be part two of a series I'm teaching on the podcast channel, Him We Preach. It's exclusively on Faith for My Generation podcast channel. I'll put down in the description links to the podcast channel for Apple, Spotify, and then Anchor, which is a platform you can find other ways, Google, Stitcher, all that jazz. In the description below this post, you'll see links for that. So come follow me there so you can catch the Thursday teachings as well. And in two weeks from now, I'm going to be doing another interview with a very special guest. So I want to make sure, make sure you're subscribed because you don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. Hey, I'm thankful that you listened. And remember, we are the faithful. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you. And every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.